Hello and welcome to our Bible study program here on Search for Truth. Many thanks for joining us. Brian Johnston, our Bible teacher, brings us the second talk in this series about the letter of Paul to the Ephesians, uh, which is in the New Testament. Uh, Brian will be reading some of the verses from Ephesians, so have your Bible ready if you want to follow the readings yourself, and may God bless the readings of his word to each one of us. So now let's sit back, relax, and listen as Brian tells us more. God's ultimate purpose is not our salvation. God's ultimate purpose is his own glory. The gospel mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. But whose glory? Everything is to the praise of God's glory and grace. We'll return to this very shortly. But let me first tell you about Waylon Prendergast, a man of 37 years of age of Tampa, Florida. He committed a spur-of-the-moment robbery while on his way home from a late-night drinking session. A very inebriated Mr Prendergast forced his way into a house through an upstairs window which had been left open. Once inside, he filled a suitcase with cash and valuables before setting the living room on fire in order to cover his tracks. He then escaped through the back door and made his way home, laughing all the way. Only when he turned the corner of his own street and discovered three fire engines outside his house did he realise that in his drunkenness he had, in fact, broken into and set fire to his own property. His later comment was, I had no idea I had so many valuable possessions. We might not do anything quite that stupid, but there are times when all of us as Christians need to stop and reflect before coming to the same conclusion that Mr Prendergast came to when he said, I had no idea I had so many valuable possessions. Beyond the physical blessings we enjoy, there's so much more that God has given us through Jesus Christ. As the Apostle Paul wrote in his Bible letter to the Ephesians, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, so that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace. We'll pause there for a moment and reflect on what Paul, by the Spirit, has just been saying. In a sense, we should read on, for the whole section we're reading, from Ephesians 1, verse 3, down until verse 14, is one continuous sentence in Paul's original letter. It's almost as if when Paul started to list all these blessings, he just couldn't stop. There's an old hymn which encourages us to count our blessings and name them one by one. We can start to do that, and it's good that we do, but we'll surely never get to the end, for we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ. And do you think we could ever fathom that wealth of blessing? Let's think about which specific blessings have already been listed by Paul. Actually, we've split our reading into three parts by using the repeated expression to the praise of the glory of his grace. It's worth reflecting for a moment on these words which Paul uses time and time again here. God has blessed us with this ultimate goal in view, that it should all be to the praise of his glorious grace. But just what does that mean? Praise, of course, is a recognition when we praise someone, we are recognising their achievement. And the biblical word for glory seems to be associated with heaviness, 
as reflected in Paul talking about the weight of God's glory, which reminds me of how at times we recognise there are some people whose opinions carry weight, we say. In their field of endeavour, they are the recognised heavyweights. How much rather we praise God for his truly weighty intervention in shaping our destiny. Interestingly, we'll find that part one of this list of blessings contains blessings which are attributed to God the Father. Do you remember any of the specific ones? Basically, they centre around the fact that he chose us in the timeless, dateless past and lovingly predestined us to be his adopted sons. No wonder they are placed first. These must be amongst our most fundamental blessings. It was the preacher Spurgeon who, when asked if he could reconcile God's sovereignty and human responsibility, replied, There's no need to reconcile those who are already friends. Both these truths are plainly taught in our Bibles. In fact, it's God's sovereignty which transforms gospel preaching from being mission impossible and actually guarantees its success in overall terms. No more than God wills will be saved, but equally, no less than whosoever wills will be saved by God's grace. If we put our name in faith into the whoever of John 3 verse 16, then later, just as surely, we'll discover our name was in the chosen in Christ of Ephesians 1 verse 4. We learn we were born again as God's child and adopted as God's son. The main feature of adoption in New Testament society wasn't really the benefit to the person being adopted, although that was doubtless part of it, but attention was more associated with how an adopted son would enhance his new family's influence in society. Even so, our spiritual adoption is part of the overall picture of everything being to the praise of God's glorious grace. But we best press on now with further thoughts of God's grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us. In all wisdom and insight he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his kind intention which he purposed in him, with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times, that is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens and things on the earth. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will, to the end that we who were the first to hope in Christ would be to the praise of his glory. Well, if the first part of this long sentence of Paul's was about blessings which we could attribute to the Father, this next part, we've just now read, relates the blessings directly to Christ, the Son. Such things as redemption, forgiveness and a wonderful inheritance feature prominently. Of course, all the blessings in all three parts, as we've termed them, are all in Christ. That goes to show us how strongly our new Christian identity should affect the way we view ourselves all of the time. But if I can just add in relation to the inheritance that we have as Christian believers in Christ, in a few verses' time we'll see that God also has his inheritance in us. And so again, we are to the praise of his glory. It's true that Christ's work at the cross was on our behalf, but God was working there also on his own behalf. Just like a preacher, 
in concluding his message, may repeat his main point as being the summation of all that he said. So God will finally bring everything, that's everything that's in view here, into a state of being united under and gathered around Christ. This was God's bigger agenda through the cross. This has always been God's master plan, that Christ should be central. To achieve it now is our remit. To achieve it ultimately is our destiny. Sometimes the loss of harmony in our relationships or the decisions of others to leave the fellowship of the local church or the struggle against illness and loss can be like a little piece of grit in our shoe. These real difficulties can so easily become our total preoccupation. At times like that, a meditation on the bigger picture, which is so loaded with blessing, can help us to restore our perspective. When life seems tough and following Christ isn't easy, it's good to get a broader perspective by taking an inventory on all our blessings through using a Bible passage like this one, or say Psalm 103, where David counts his blessings in a similar way. But we better complete our look at Ephesians chapter 1, at least its listing of blessings from verse 3 to verse 14. Paul concludes his list like this, In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance, with a view to the redemption of God's own possession, to the praise of his glory. Finally, In this third instalment, the blessings are related to the actions of God the Spirit, as we are reminded of the Spirit's work, inasmuch as we have been sealed in him. The fact that the Holy Spirit is in us is presented here in terms of viewing him as being the guaranteeing deposit of all that's to come, a kind of absolutely wonderful down payment in advance of everything that's yet to come. What a blessing it is to know that we are eternally secure in Christ. We can never lose these great blessings. Someone has said, praise is like a fire that needs fuel. If we're wondering what that means, I think a little glimpse at the next two verses Paul wrote should explain it. After recounting all these blessings in Ephesians chapter 1 verses 3 to 14, he then says in verse 15, For this reason I too, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus which exists among you and your love for all the saints, do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers. For this reason, Paul says. In other words, because of his review of all that wealth of blessing, Paul now has brought to mind so much to be thankful to God for. May we do the same and thank and praise God now for his blessings to us, which are all secured in Christ. Let's not be like the man who, as a prize, was given a free ticket to travel by ocean liner across the Atlantic. This was a luxury liner, and he was a man of very humble means. However, he was so looking forward to the experience, he didn't mind the fact that, to avoid the expense of the fancy onboard restaurants, he'd have to take his own supplies of cheese and biscuits, which he did. And every time, as he saw the rich people heading to the restaurants at mealtimes, he contented himself with going up on deck and enjoying his cheese and biscuits. Just before they berthed, he figured out he had about enough money to sample restaurant food once, provided he chose carefully. He went in and sat at a table, and a waiter came with a menu. When the waiter returned to take his order, he inquired about the price of what he had judged might be the cheapest item listed. The waiter was shocked and asked if he had not read his ticket properly. All his meals for the whole trip were included in his ticket. 
how much more he could have enjoyed that journey. As believers, travelling on, bound for glory because we're headed for heaven, let's be sure to live in the assurance and rich enjoyment of all the blessings we've reminded ourselves of today from Ephesians chapter 1. After all, they're already included in our ticket. When we begin to understand the greatness of God, it inspires us to sing his praises. But now, some information. First, if you'd like to send for the free booklet, which is a transcript of this whole series of talks, just make sure to let us have your postal address and ask for the title, Experiencing God in Ephesians. I'll tell you how to do this in a moment, but first, here's our postal and our email address. Search for Truth, Church of God, Downing Drive, Leicester, L-E-5-6-L-N, UK. And now, here's our email address, sft at churchesofgod.info. Now, as I've said, you can also download audio MP3 versions of some past programmes on your computer. Just go to www.searchfortruth.org.uk. This is also our church website, where you can access additional helpful material. Some titles of Search for Truth booklets are also available at amazon.co.uk forward slash Kindle ebooks. Just type Search for Truth series into the search box and you'll find a growing list of transcript books from previous programmes available there. It's been a real pleasure to enjoy your company today and we really appreciate your interest Brian continues this series of talks next week, God willing, so don't forget to tune in. Until then, it's very best wishes from Bible teacher Brian, our studio technician David, our singers and me, John. So goodbye and may God richly bless you. <laughs> 